Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today at this broadcast. And uh, I just want to bring a word to you that I believe is so fresh and new. I asked God for a fresh word and He gave me a fresh word. So I believe that this will be like fresh bread to you who watch me now. So uh, go with me to John chapter 1. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. Okay, so I just want to define a few things in the beginning. So, God is the Word. So, whenever you see the Word, it is God Himself. Alright? So, now in verse 14, He says, And the Word became flesh, and tabernacled, fixed His tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw His glory, such glory as an only begotten Son receives from His Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so this word, I mean, in the beginning, God created this world that we live in by this word. And that word came into human flesh and dwelt among us. Alright? So all what I, that I'm saying now will be relevant later. So uh, you, can, you can just listen to it and, and be blessed. <laughs> John chapter 4. Verse 6, And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down to rest by the well. It was then about the sixth hour, about noon. Presently, when a woman of Samaria came along to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone off into the town to buy food. So just, I just want to put some emphasis on words like food and eating. Okay? So the disciples went to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask me, a Samaritan and a woman, for a drink? For the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you had only known and had recognized God's gift, and who this is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him instead, and he would have given you living water. Okay, so now this is another thing that we get and take in when we eat. It's food and drink. Okay. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, no drawing bucket, and the well is deep. How then can you provide living water? Where do you get your living water? Are you greater than and superior to our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and he used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle also? Jesus answered her, All who drink from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty any more. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I may never get thirsty nor have to come continually all the way here to draw. At this Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have spoken truly in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the man you are now living with is not your husband. In this you have spoken truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I see and understand that you are a prophet. Our forefathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where it is necessary and proper to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know what you are worshipping. We do know what we are worshipping, what we have knowledge of and understand. For after all, salvation comes from among the Jews. A time will come, however, indeed it is already here, 
when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking just such people as these, as his worshippers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. So when he started speaking about the worship in spirit, she remembered something. And she said, ah, Messiah will speak of these things. I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. And when he arrives, he will tell us everything we need to know and make it clear to us. Jesus said to her, I who now speak with you am he. Just then his disciples came and they wondered, were surprised and astonished, to find him talking to a woman, a married woman. Um, well, she wasn't actually really married. Um, however, not one of them asked him, What are you inquiring about? What do you want? And why do you speak with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went away to the town and she began telling the people, Come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So the people left the town and set out to go to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he assured them, I have food to eat of which you know nothing and have no idea. So the disciples said to one another, Has someone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish his work. Okay, so now a few things. The disciples went to get food, physical food. So he started speaking to this woman and started speaking about living waters. He, he said to her, if you knew who, speak to you, who is speaking to you now, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. All right? So when they came back with the food, they said, Jesus, eat something. He says, I have food <laughs> that you know nothing about. And my food is to do the will of my Father. Right, so let's just page over to John chapter 6. Jesus speaking, Stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give you that, for God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. Right, so Jesus said, Stop toiling and producing for the food that perishes in the using. Alright, but strive for the food that lasts unto eternal life. So now what is the food that lasts unto eternal life? Jesus said, I have food that you know nothing about. <laughs> my food is to do the will of my Father and to complete His work. He did not say our food is to do the will of the Father and to complete His work. He said my food <laughs> is to do the will of the Father and complete His work. So now Jesus did the will of the Father and completed His work. He was crucified. He said it is finished. So He finished the work. So He prepared the food. <laughs> So, he said, this food, if you eat of this food, you will never be hungry again. If you drink of this drink, you will never be thirsty again. So, if you eat the food that he gives you, then it is something different than food that we can produce by striving and toiling and working. Okay? So, Jesus says, stop toiling for the food that perishes. So, if we have food that perishes, 
it means that it is our works, our efforts, trying to do the will of the Father. But Jesus said, my will is to do the will of the Father. Now, we do not have the ability to do the will of the Father in our own strength. Jesus had the ability because he was born of God and he had the anointing. He was the Christ, right? So his food, his nourishment was to do the will of the Father and to finish it. If people looked at the law, we thought we had to do this and this will bring us eternal life. Like in, I say this in every program, but in John 5, Jesus said, uh, you search the scriptures diligently and you suppose that you have life through them. But these scriptures testify about me and you would not come to me that you might have eternal life. Okay, so Jesus is the word. The word became flesh. And this flesh word came to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. Now that is our food. He says, stop toiling. So stop trying to get food out of the legalistic word that puts you in the center and what you do and your works to try and please uh, the Father. Rather, strive for the food that lasts unto eternal life, which is the living word of God. So now he says, the Son of Man will give you that food. So how did he give us that food? Jesus fulfilled it. He did the work of the Father. He finished it. He did everything that needed to be done. So then he's, he gave us the word of the gospel that we can now receive and eat, okay, as food for our nourishment. So he said, the Son of Man will give you that. Jesus then said to him, I assure you most solemnly I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. What Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true heavenly bread. Now bread is something that we take and eat. So uh, Jesus said here, yeah, just f a bit further on, For the bread of God is He who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to Him, Give us this bread always. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes uh, to me will never be hungry, and he who believes in and cleaves trust and relies on me will never thirst any more at any time. Right, so if we come to Jesus to receive life, then we receive this living bread and this living water and we will never be hungry and we will never be thirsty. What is this bread? The Word became flesh and this flesh body of Jesus was crucified. He came to do the will of the Father and that will was His food. And now He gave us His food so that we can eat it. <laughs> so it is not for us to try and do the will of the Father in order to be nourished. It is realizing that the food that nourishes us is the bread from heaven. Jesus giving his body to be broken, his blood to be poured out on, uh, on the cross. Okay, So that we can hear that word and believe it. And then the word becomes flesh in us. Okay, So just go on in verse 48. I am the bread of life that gives life, the living bread. Your forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat of it and never die. 
I myself am this living bread that comes down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And also the bread that I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh body. Then the Jews angrily contended with one another, saying, How is he able to give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who feeds on my, on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I in like manner dwell continually in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live by the Father, even so whoever continues to feed on me, whoever takes me for his food and his nourishment, and is nourished by me, shall in turn live and, and through and because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna which our forefathers ate and yet died. And uh, he who takes this bread for his food shall live forever. So the food that Jesus gives us, he did it. He manifested it in his flesh. He manifested the will of God in his flesh. And then when that was fulfilled and finished, He gave that food to us for, eat, for, for us to eat, so that we don't have to try and manifest it, so that we, we, because we don't have the ability, so that we don't have to try and make our own food by trying to obey the law. That would be like trying to live forever eating manna. The forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. They tried by the works of the law, but it did not produce eternal life in them. Only the bread of life, which is in Christ Jesus, can produce eternal life in us. Okay, so now I just want to read a few more things. Hence, when Christ entered into the world, He said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but instead you have made ready a body for me to offer. So, Jesus did not come with sacrifices of the law. So, He actually did the will of the Father, which was offering His body for us. Okay, In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no delight. Then I said, Behold, here I am, coming to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the volume of the book. Then he said, uh, when he said, Just before you have neither desired nor have you taken delight in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, all of which are offered according to the law, he then went on to say, Behold, here I am, coming to do your will. So now this will that he has come to do is now our food. Thus he does away with and annuls the first former order as a means of expiating sin so that he might inaugurate and establish the second latter order. And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy, consecrated, sanctified through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ. So we eat the, bre the bread and we drink the wine. We eat, we feed on the flesh body of Jesus Christ. We eat the bread by faith. And we realize that this bread is the body of Christ, even though we are eating bread. And we drink the, the cup and we say, this wine or juice or whatever is the blood of Jesus. And we drink and eat because what he did is our food. So first he said, what he did was his food. But then he gave us his food. And he said, now what he did is our food. Now remember Jesus is the Word and the Word be became flesh. So if Word is manifested, usually, what it, what is, how is it manifested? It is written in a book. It is written on a scroll. Now, He gave us, He the Word became flesh and He gave us His flesh to eat. 
Now listen to Ezekiel 3. He said to me, Son of man, eat what you find in this book. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll and, uh, that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. He said to me, Son of man, go get you to the house of Israel and speak to them with my words. He got this scroll, something that God gave him, and he ate it, and it became part of him, and it was inside him, and then he went to go and speak. All right? So when you listen to a word, when you listen to the gospel, receive it for yourself. Eat it. Feast on it. Let it, let it become part of you, and then go and speak. Instead of trying to just gain knowledge by studying, uh, that's, it, study is good and all and everything, but realize that, what I'm hearing, the message that I'm hearing, is I'm actually eating Christ. This will of God that He has manifested in His flesh. I can now eat as my food and it becomes manifested in me. So Jesus did the will of the Father and He gave it to us. So now He says in John chapter 14, You will do the works that I do and even greater than these because I go to my Father. So we are in Him, so now we are also with the Father. So just as the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus sent us. Now we can do His will. So His will is to just go and because of what He did in His power, go and heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel, proclaim liberty to the captives, uh, just anything that has to do with the gospel. You can just go in power and just bring freedom to the world. Okay? So eat the right word. And if you eat the right word, it will produce life, and then you have something to give. Then go out and speak. Okay? So, just because of Ezekiel 3, let's quickly go to Revelation chapter 10. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, robed in a cloud, with a halo like a rainbow over his head, and face was like the sun, and his feet were like columns of fire. He had a little book, a scroll, open in his hand. He set, it, he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he shouted with a loud voice like the roaring of a lion. And when he had shouted, the seven thunders gave voice and uttered their message in distinct words. And when the seven thunders had spoken, I was going to write it down. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal it up what the seven thunders have said. Do not write it down. Then the mighty angel whom I had seen stationed on the sea and land raised his right hand to the heaven and the sky and swore in the name of him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens, the sky and all they contain, and the earth and all that it contains and the sea and all that it contains. He swore that no more time should intervene and there should be no more waiting in delay. But then when the days come, when the trumpet call for the seventh angel is about to be sounded, then God's mystery, His secret sign, His hidden purpose, as He had announced the glad tidings to His servants, the prophets, should be fulfilled. Okay, so now, what is this mystery? It is the gospel. Colossians 1, 26 and 27 says, The mystery which was kept hidden throughout the ages and generations has now been revealed and disclosed to the saints, which is God's holy people, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, how do we get Christ in us? How is this mystery revealed? Paul says, 
I want to know nothing among you. I want to make a display of the knowledge of nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So the mystery is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of Him dying on the cross for the salvation of the world. That was the mystery. That was the thing that the, the Jews could not see before. Like in Acts chapter 13, it says the, um, the, the Jews, because they did not understand the utterings of the prophets, they fulfilled these very predictions by trying to get him out of the way. <laughs> okay, so And then a few verses later in Acts chapter 13, he says, So let it be clearly known that through this man, forgiveness and removal of sins are now proclaimed to you. So the message that was not spoken before but is revealed now is the gospel of Jesus Christ, forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. So now, Jesus said, My food you know nothing about. So that means it must be a mystery. So now, if the mystery is revealed, <laughs> now he makes it known. So there's a scroll, and I can't go into all of that now, but you know, the, there was in Revelation 5 a, a scroll that was sealed with seven seals, and it was written on the inside and without. And the seals were open, and the only one who was, was worthy to open the seals was the lamb who was slain. All right? So the, the thing that was written that was revealed after the lamb was slain was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he gives that now to us, like in Ezekiel 3. This is the scroll. He gives it to us and he says, eat it. Just take it in. Let it be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Just take it in and, and receive this word. Okay, now he says, Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke again to me, saying, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went up to the angel and asked him to give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. I will embitter your stomach, uh, though in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. So I took the little book from the angel's hand and ate it and swallowed it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth, but once I had swallowed it, my stomach was embittered. Then they said to me, You are to make a fresh prophecy concerning many peoples and races and nations and languages and kings. Now what is this fresh prophecy? The gospel of Jesus Christ will fill the earth and everyone will be saved. Like in Revelation 5 it says, He has bought us with His blood and has made us kings and priests unto our God, a royal priesthood out of every nation, tribe and, and, and kingdom. Okay, so now, he took the book and ate it. And when he ate the word, he ate the scroll. When he ate it, it was sweet as honey in his mouth. And it became bitter in his stomach. So I thought, why, why bitter? Okay, so sometimes we, when we at first get the gospel, it's good news. But then it doesn't want to agree with everything that we've heard in our life. So we swallow it and then it's like it's, it's uncomfortable because, you know, we've heard so much law all our lives. So I thought of the scriptures, you know, Luke chapter 5 that says, you know, no one um, after drinking the old wine immediately desires the new. <laughs> so, but, but God gives us now new wine. And then, you know, in Job chapter 32, he says, uh, my belly is like, new wine and bubbling force like straining about to burst and so I will get relieved by speaking. <laughs> so I believe that this, he, he took the scroll, the gospel and he ate it. He took this bread of life and ate it and it was so different from what he used to know and from what he used to believe that it was kind of strange to his, to his body and to his stomach and so that was the, the embitterment. But afterwards 
He said, now make a fresh prophecy. Alright, so you just receive this word. And even if it's kind of funny to you, receive the word. Get the fresh bread and eat it. And the, the fruit of it will be that your words will be fresh. And there will always be something new out of your life. So let the word of God change you. Let the word of God, you know, rebuke old, old doctrines. Let the word of God change everything that you're used to, all your traditions. Just let it go. You know, even if it feels a bit different, just receive this life, this word, and let the word dwell in you richly. Let the word just change you. And I guarantee you, your life will be so different and free after that. So rather take the word and leave the doctrines of man than taking the doctrines of man and ignoring the rest of the word. Okay? So I have just one more scripture to read. Isaiah 55. Wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. So, uh, the, the way we buy this wine and milk, and coming to the waters, receiving it. The way we come and eat <laughs> is to just surrender and receive this new thing that comes from God. Instead of trying to pay a price with our efforts and stuff, representing the money. Right. Verse 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Now remember John 6. Stop toiling and producing for the, th for the food that perishes and... and decomposes in the using, but strive rather for the food that endures unto eternal life. Now he says, hearken diligently, so listen to the word, to me, and eat what is good. Don't eat what is bad. <laughs> leave the old stuff, leave the old wine, leave the old bread, the stale stuff. Get this new fresh bread, the living bread, which is Jesus Christ and his body for you. Eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. Alright, so now, also, you know, eat what is good. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 103, I think, I'm not sure, 4 or 5, says, um, He fills your mouth with good, so that your youth is renewed like that of an eagle. So, how can He fill your mouth with, with good? You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread, yum yum, eat. <laughs> eat the scroll, eat this word. Let it come into you, Okay. Verse 3, incline your ears, submit and consent to the divine will. This will, Jesus did the will of the Father, alright? He did it and He finished His work, alright? And come to me and hear, and your soul will revive. And so there's the eternal life that Jesus spoke about. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercy of David. So bless you. I pray that this word will just give you new perspective and life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.